Well, there was a column apparently every month that mm-hmm. came out in Tiger Beat called The Truth from Sean and Parker. So every month, girls would send in their questions and ask questions to Sean and Parker so you could see what was going on with them while they were doing the Hardy Boys. To the Sean's Quest Society podcast with your hosts, myself, Penny, Cindy, Dame Madonna, and Doris. Invite you to share our love and enthusiasm for all things Sean Cassidy, from his teen idol days to his recent adventure back on the road again. Please join us for our stories and memories that connected us to those happy days that helped create the Sean's Quest Society podcast. Welcome back. Today is just the three of us. Penny can't be with us, so you have just Cindy, Dame, and myself. And we're going to be talking about our favorite teenage sleuths, the Hardy Boys. On a previous episode, we talked in depth with Parker Stevenson, who, of course, was Frank Hardy. And Parker shared many stories about them in the show, the Before They Were Stars guests, and working with Sean. You guys remember that? I remember that. He, I think my favorite part was when he said he had a, a bungalow or something, or they, they sat at the lunch table when the cafeteria yes. comes Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock, do you believe that? And he goes, yeah. hello. He was so nervous. And, and, and who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was my favorite part of the interview. He was like, I'm just, I'm just me, Parker, Mr. Hitchcock. Nobody. He did not say his name. He just... That's how the lunch was. <laughs> yeah. But there were so many great parts yeah. of that episode, and I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It was. And I think that today, with the Hardy Boys, we're going to have a lot of fun, too. Oh, yeah. We're going to continue the conversation. We're going to be chatting about some of those popular guests, of course, that were on the episodes. And we'll also share some of our favorite episodes, tell you which ones we liked the best. But I bet you didn't know... The Hardy Boys was a regular feature in the 1950s Mickey Mouse Club. How many knew that? I didn't know that. <laughs> I kind of knew it. <laughs> in the late 50s, there was the Mickey Mouse Club, and it was contracted with the author of the Hardy Boys. And I watched some of that, and I thought, hmm, I don't know about the, these shows. But it was nice for some of the kids back then because they couldn't wait to run home and watch these shows just like you know, us watching them in the 70s, or you guys watching them in the 70s, they were always working on mysteries. It was based on the original books a little bit more, the first one, the Disney Mickey Mouse one. And it helped to capture the slightly, uh, you know, the nature of the Hardy Boys, which was a little bit rebellious, but fun. It made kids feel like when they watched it, that they were more grown up. So it was really based for the junior age. And to this day, it's still fun for us to go back and watch them, to put ourselves in that. When I was a kid, Dame, they used to show reruns of the Mickey Mouse Club, like after school, I think. And so I would watch those reruns, and I loved watching those episodes of the Hardy Boys on that show. So in the 70s, when um, the Hardy Boys started, I was like, Oh, that's the Hardy Boys from the Mickey Mouse Club. 
but yeah. I, I hadn't put it together in my head that it was yep. going to be a different series. Well, I have learned so much just by going back and doing the research. As a kid, when I would get off of the bus, I would have to wait for my dad to finish working at this logging company in Northern California. And I didn't have a TV at my house, but every day I would get to this trailer that I would wait in while my dad was working. And I remember watching Scooby-Doo. And I don't really like dark shows, but as a kid, Scooby-Doo never made me feel scared, but it made me enjoy it. And I just thought it was so much fun. And going back and watching these episodes, I really feel the same way. I feel like, okay, these were fun shows. And Parker, who we talked to, always seemed to be so calm in all of these shows. And that's just the way he was even when he talked to us. And so in the shows with the new Hardy Boys, I say new, 70s, he just was that person, even for Sean. Sean seemed to be the goofy one a little bit. And the older brother, Parker, as Frank, he seemed to be that same calm person that we talked to this last week. Oh, and Damon, I have a question. You mentioned Scooby-Doo. Yes. They were <laughs> they were detectives too. Yes, and it just made me think of the same thing. And I'm always telling yes. you girls, I, I don't like the dark stuff and I don't want to watch that or I don't so want to talk about that. More lighthearted mystery. Yeah. But yeah, Scooby-Doo was just a little teenage, uh, a bunch of teenagers running around solving mysteries. Exactly. And it was yeah. a cartoon. So of course it was a children's type of show. It wasn't really mm -hmm. dark and No, mysterious. it didn't make me scared. But you girls know how I am about. But this, the Hardy Boys shows were fun. There were a couple that I was like, oh, I'm not going to watch those. But most of them were actually fun. And my husband was in the middle of watching these with me too. And he said, "It this reminds me when I was a kid. Now let's watch The Love Boat because that should be coming on next. So it just took us back to that decade. Yes. And whether I watched these all or not at that time, I have done that, you know, within these last few weeks. And it's worth going back and watching these. Yes. Yes. And the whole premise was the Hardy Boys, Frank and Joe Hardy, are fictional teenage brothers and amateur detectives. Frank is supposed to be 18. Joe is supposed to be around 17. They live with yeah. their father and their mother and their aunt, Aunt Gertrude. So apparently they yeah. see their and father their do this work and they yes. want to do it too. But they don't want it to be violent or anything. They made it. Yes, they made it more. They made it fun. Uh, children age appropriate because you know the book which I never read I think I read one me too one Hardy yeah. Boys book and mm -hmm. uh, were they a little younger than teenage were they like 10 or were they also in their late teens well that is the time when kids get excited about chapter books and so it seemed like back in those days that this was a big deal for people to get the series or the set. And so every young boy thinks, you know what? I want to be a detective. My son used to buy the kit so that he could wear these glasses where he could see people behind him and stuff oh, yes. like that. And I was like, I was like, really, Luke? I've seen those kids before to be <laughs> yeah, a detective. So he was all into it. So he had his grandma who has an antique store to give him these books. So it was a big deal to him. 
And now I have learned more about that Mickey Mouse Club, you know, and how it was part of a show way back in like 1956, 1957. Yeah, I never saw those. I didn't remember. Well, I watched a few of them online. I mean, anybody can do that, I guess, but... But I was just like, hmm, no wonder <laughs> the newer Hardy Boys of the 70s just took off. I mean, But were the characters, Frank and Joe Hardy, were they more yes. 10, 11, 12, or were they teenage, late teenage, like no, seven? I, I remember them being boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the book, were, I yeah. think they were boys. True. But with Frank and Joe... <laughs> They seem to have that chemistry, and I could almost see them acting like the guys um, in the real show, you know, like when they're playing the Hardy Boys. And just even talking to Parker, remember that he said something like this. I, I read this, that Parker recently told us about how they would go to work at 5 a.m. These are his words. We were falling asleep all over the place. We were trying to stay awake, but the last shot we did was in a graveyard. You girls remember him talking about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. He, was talking about he said that. that was a promo yeah. ep- episode, I think. Well, he, yes, you're right. And and there was a scene, he said, like this, but they had to actually put a tarp over the top of the hole in the ground. So he said, we climbed out there and we shot our last scene under this tarp in a hole in the ground because we literally could no longer shoot because of the, the light. The you know, sun the was coming, coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they would work 18 hours a day. They would while they were, good thing they were young. (laughs) I don't know about the other. But anyway, this show was supposed to be, you know, wholesome and tame and fun. And so I'm sure they made it fun and they really had to get to know each other pretty well. And I remember when we talked to Parker that he said, no, he wasn't really a mentor for Sean. But later on, I read that Sean did feel like he was. I I would think so on the set. I mean, Uh not so much with his concerts, but while he's on the set filming with him, he spent the whole day with him. He said they spent a lot of time together. Yes. I'm pretty sure that Parker was a stability for him during that time on the set. Well, maybe yeah. on the set, but remember, right. we're reading things that someone wrote 45 years ago, and Parker is telling us today that yeah. this is how it was. So maybe on the set, maybe back in the 70s, Sean did yeah. you know, some sort of big brother connection, mentorship with Parker. Well, yeah. they also said that they would work until like two or three in the morning, some, you know, on Friday nights. Sean would actually leave and go off on tour for the weekend. And then he would just stagger back in on Monday morning, probably after some of those concerts that you girls went to. I don't know. Yeah. So he would come in like a, a cat that was dragged in is what Parker. The double header he did in Chicago back then. Uh-huh. And I, I re- remember reading he had the flu. At those concerts, he had a fever. So I can imagine him flying in in a snowstorm, doing two shows and going back to the Hardy Boys the next day. He must have been totally exhausted. Yeah. And I was also reading about the Hardy Boys, too. And basically how they describe the characters was Uh Frank was the thinker and Joe was more impulsive and a little bit more athletic. So the two boys kind of worked good together in that respect where they brought a little bit of each personality into the show which you can tell why you watch the show you know yes. frank's always okay let's think about this and joe's like okay let's go do this and yeah 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 i watched two over the weekend and that was that yeah yeah and that's what how they wanted them to be that's how it was described that these characters are going to be like so they were perfect for the parts 
And it's funny because when you listen to um, Parker's description of the show, he said the Hardy Boys was the show that was just sort of sweet, but Sean would fall in love with some girl or then she'd fall in love with him. And there'd be a sweet, you know, like little kiss or something, which we didn't always like. Oh, no. Joe always got to kiss the girl. <laughs> Joe got Joe. the girl or yeah. got to kiss the girl. Yeah. And what I also noticed in the series, too, this was funny when I was watching the some of the episodes. Frank's always the one checking them at the hotel. He's always at the front desk, if you notice Big it brother. in the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. He's at the front desk and Sean's off talking to some girl somewhere. Joe, Joe is Joe. off talking yes. to a girl. Yes. I was watching... Acapulco Spies. I was watching that and they had to go check in in Acapulco because their dad was missing and they had to figure out what happened. Big old miscommunication. They think these two girls are the contact that they're supposed to meet to help them find their dad. But Frank is off at the desk being the big brother, making sure everything is getting taken care of. There's Joe spying these two girls yes. off in the distance. And, yes. you know, so that was the way they made it. Joe was kind of the girl chaser, and Frank was always taking care of business. Taking care of business, right. Yeah. And I also read, too, that Frank and Joe are somewhat, they're supposed to be somewhat wealthy, right? This is the uh, mm-hmm. idea of it. Right. And they often travel to faraway places. They can go to Mexico. They go to Scotland. They go to Iceland. There's a place in Egypt, Kenya. There's all these shows that are around these different areas that they go to. And they also travel by different ways. They go by motorcycle, motorboat, ice boat, mm-hmm. train, airplane. Yes. It sounded like a James Bond movie. Yeah, almost. like their little James uh, Bond. A younger version of James Bond. Yes. Yeah. That was kind of funny. I read that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And how many 19-year-old kids, I mean, Frank was saying he has his uh, uh, pilot license for small planes or something because mm-hmm. he had to take down the plane that was getting ready to crash in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, right, right. So he had to land the plane. And I'm like, man, you guys got pilot licenses <laughs> yeah. at 19 years well, old? Yeah, right. And I think yeah, they learned they, a lot from their father. Their father was a detective. Right. They wanted mm-hmm. to do what their father was doing, so they followed along and got involved with all these mysteries. Yeah, but they said even in reality with Sean and Parker, it was funny to watch them do these investigations because they said, man, in real life, they would even be able to do them um, right. the way they got into it. Well, this show, the house on the show was located at the Universal Studio on Colonial Street where Cleaver's second home, remember from Leave It to Beaver, once stood? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the, yeah, the Hardy Boys house is known as the Johnson home, I guess. And like I had talked to you girls about earlier, it was also used as Tom Hanks' movie. Is it called The Burbs or something? The Burbs, yeah. All right. Well, I just had read that little bit of research, you know. And I also read that Leslie McFarlane wrote the original books for the Hardy Boys. And and apparently the, they were a ghostwriter. They were a ghostwriter. So they went under the name Dixon. In these shows, I have fun watching them because you could just see these guys driving around in their groovy wood paneled van. It remind yeah, it reminded me I of always, something that my own kids would do. Yeah, I always wonder where that van was, just like you wonder where the Partridge family bus went. Where did the Hardy yeah. Boys van go? It's some big yeah, scrap so cool. metal yard yeah. somewhere. Oh, no way. Yeah, for sure. It was just a van. <laughs> they each had their vehicle. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Had to be a cool vehicle. But now, after talking to Parker, as I told you girls, I have a huge admiration for him now. And he also said that Sean and him couldn't have been more different, but he said they had the same sense of humor. And so that was fun for them on the show. They would just crack each other up all the time. Sometimes um, you can see that through the show, too, like when they were watching the Hardy Boys. Sometimes you can sense that, I think. Well, he said it really didn't make sense because he was preppy Ivy League type of child, you know, while I say teen, and he was the heir to the entertainment without was Sean. So it was just interesting how they be- had that chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. But it worked. But they, they it worked great. Oh, yeah. They crack you up. They crack me up and they had so much fun. Talk about, like you said, the chemistry. And Frank never wanted to listen to hear Joe yeah. thing or. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Joe but would then, go do some songs and Parker had something else to do. Frank would be off doing his soul, checking out some clue about the mystery or something. Yes. Joe would look, where are you going? I'm not done yet. Every time. Every time. Well, the show called Wipeout, that one was funny, too, because his little tape recorder that you guys are mentioning, that actually saved lives because he thought, well, if my brother's not going to listen, I'm just going to record myself singing up here on stage here in Hawaii. And so he used that little tape recorder up there and his brother would take off like he had something else to do every time. Okay, but a question, did Mm -hmm. Frank ever... Ever in any of the episodes, ever listen to the whole song he sang? I don't think there was ever an episode. There was never a closure with that. (laughs) Frank sat through an entire Joe Hardy. I was wondering about that. I'm like, did it? Was there ever closure? And Frank said, hey, I listened to your whole song. But speaking of the little tape recorder, a lot of people may not remember. So we'll just tell you real quick that tape recorder that James talking about is Cindy and I would record the Hardy Boys on our little cassette players. Mm-hmm. And cassette recorders, and we would put the microphone up to the TV and try to record every Sunday. The Hardy Boys would come on, and she lived by the airport, and I would have brother. So Cindy had planes going over the <laughs> yeah. house making noise, and I had brothers breaking into the room <laughs> screaming and yelling. And so. I never went back to listen to them, so I don't even know if mm-hmm. I heard a plane going over when I recorded that. Did you ever go back and listen to yours? Yeah, and I had brothers. And you heard them in the background? Yeah, they would come in, and they would do it right when they they That's knew funny. I couldn't pause it because right. it was in the middle. Right. Not at a commercial. You pause a show at that time. Yeah. It was on, and then the commercial came on. Then you could pause it. And I think I did pause during commercials. I didn't want yeah, the commercials Yeah, I wouldn't pause there. at my commercial. So you had to pay attention. Yeah, this was a job. This was a job. Yeah. Yes. Well, luckily, luckily now you can just go on, like, Peacock. And so that's for anybody. They can go back and watch all the Hardy Boys. Oh, it's great now because back then, when we recorded on this cassette, this was the only memory we were going to have. Ever. Who knew? Who knew? Like, this was it. Like, you have to keep this cassette. So I had a box. I put all my cassettes in a box. And it traveled with me until it got lost somewhere. But that was going to be our only memory. But now, who knew these days you could find it anywhere? I, I got those cassettes, and they're all crumbly and everything. But I would still yeah. love to hear one of those cassettes. <laughs> you know, never hear it. I would like to see you try to play one. <laughs> yeah, Let's try funny. and experiment and see if those Hardy Boy tapes work. Uh, that would be a hard no. <laughs> they, they won't play. Well, find a cassette player. Well, well yeah. I do have a cassette player. Okay, I we'll do. try it. <laughs> we'll try it one yeah. day and see if those cassettes hold up. 
we used to use those to record in our um, classes too, so we could remember what the teacher was saying. Oh yeah, that was the so. medium back then. Yeah, mm-hmm. was that, cassette. And then that little tape, that little tiny one with the little tiny cassette. Oh yeah, you know, those micro cassettes what, came along later. Funny? Yeah, I think in about '83, cassettes, video VCRs came out. I think mm-hmm. they were out a little sooner, but they were for people with money or beta right people yeah. with money they we couldn't afford it but it was beta VCR. and vcr yeah because i remember when i got married my mother-in-law bought us a beta and a vcr because she thought the okay. beta was going to be popular yeah it ended up being the vhs yes yeah. i used to have yeah. a beta because i thought that yeah. was going to be the popular one right so the first one i bought was uh, a beta and i think back then they didn't know which way they were going with them but well we never we never know what's next but but I did. No, oh no! Is, it's amazing. Yes, a few years later, when Sean was on Solid Gold or whoever with Marilyn McCoo, mm-hmm. yes, singing. I remember using the VHS tape at work. I was working, uh-huh. and it came on, and I used their VHS player at work, yes. and I did tape Sean on that Solid Gold episode with Marilyn McCoo singing that Willie Nelson song. Way, way to use work resources there, yes. Cindy. And I told everybody at work, I said, I need to record this. And it was new back it's then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it worked out really well. I had it for a while, but then I don't remember recording anything else after that. That's what yeah. we do. Well, <laughs> Sorry, Sean, it's a habit. <laughs> you got to record. You just have to. And it's just going to be what it is. Yeah. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share? On the one called Campus Terror, I didn't really like that one because it turned Valerie Bertinelli into something just like almost scary. Oh, yeah, I just watched that one. Yes. I, don't like it. I watched that one. I really did not like it. But she mm-hmm. was a new actress. You know how Parker talked about new talent coming out? She was one of them. Yeah. Well, Valerie Bertinelli. They had, they had her with two personalities. She started being all sweet to Sean cause, because to she's Joe. his ex girlfriend. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, we got to stay in character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I when, remember just watching that. And Valerie Bertinelli just, I was like, man, they made her into something almost scary. And I always thought she was so cute. <laughs> I do remember that, but she was so young. Yes. So yeah. Do you girls remember the ending of that one? I did not like the ending of it because Joe said that he was going to get her help because she had to be in that psych ward. Right. Well, then he said he'd be back for her. In other words... He still would love her, and he would still be coming back someday that that wouldn't go away. And at the very end, she said, oh, thank you. And then she looks out a window or something, and she gives some creepy look at the very oh, end. Oh, so like, like she hasn't yeah. really <laughs> Like, ha-ha, I'm not going to change. I'm still going but to I have think that she, other personality. But didn't she get that kiss at the end? Oh, she got the kiss. Yeah, she got she the kiss. Looked, but just like a crazy ex might do, she looked out the window like, ha ha. I don't know how Sean fans <laughs> like these kisses on the show there. That, I don't know. What do you think about that, Doris? When when Joe Hardy would kiss the girl, yeah. I didn't mind. He that. always had the girl. Yeah. Oh. Always. I, I, and I thought that was kind of cool. I'm like, good for you, Joe. You got the girl. I'll be one of them one day. Don't you worry. I'm coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did see Frank kissing a girl. It was one where he's standing out by the ocean and, and she had that short hair. And at first I thought, hmm, it's a couple guys. And I was like, no, that's a pretty cute girl. Oh. <laughs> he was with. Okay. Yes. And then so they did show him like that. Yeah. He was going to go hang gliding in Acapulco yes. Spice and the that girl kissed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Gave yeah, him a I good remember, luck kiss. <laughs> I remember that part. But my favorite kiss is actually with the, um, of, 
a Frank's, <laughs> Joe's. I mean, yeah. Now this one's this one was Joe's, and it was called The Last Kiss of Summer. And I didn't like that show because of what happens to his fiance, but I did like it because of the the scenery, the ocean scenery. Definitely. All at the beginning, the beginning of that show just really, really took me in. And it's fine. He was kissing his his fiance. The show turned out to be kind of sad because he loses her. But his big brother was always off nearby, too, to help him. But in this one, it was Sean kissing his fiance and the ocean was in the background. And he asked, doesn't he ask her to marry him right there? Yeah, and that was, was a beautiful so, scene. It was a beautiful scene. It was scene. so beautiful. So, right. hint, hint, guys, if you're listening to this, maybe you need to try that if you plan on asking somebody to marry you because it was gorgeous. Have somebody <laughs> filming, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And I want to mention, too, about all these famous people that were on the show, too, whether they were starting yeah. out or not. But you would know their names, like Mark Harmon, Jamie Lee Curtis was on there, uh, Bob Crane. Remember him from Hogan's Heroes? Yes, Bob Crane. He was on there. Rick Nelson. Rick Nelson, yeah, I could see them um, getting Rick Ozzie and Harriet, Rick Springfield. Well, he too, was on right? a Nancy Drew episode. Oh, okay, okay. He did a Nancy Drew episode before. Okay, and then the one I watched was with Melanie Griffith, and she was young too, but she did such a great job with the uh-huh. acting. I was highly impressed by it. I was like, wow, she's just starting out, and yeah. I was made. They had a ton of before they were stars yeah, people. Exactly. Who get in their first or, you know, beginning roles on the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. Right. They were doing a lot of shows that, you know, the agent sent you out and said, here, go audition for all these and they get them. Right. Well, Doris, you were saying something that was kind of funny about these shows. And I, I thought the same thing. I kept seeing them with this dumb piece of tape <laughs> and they kept going around looking for fingerprints. And I'm like, that would be so tedious. Well, okay. So let me set this up. <laughs> okay, one yeah. of the episodes, the Acapulco Spice episode, one of the things they were doing, and this is long before a lot of technology, but Frank mm-hmm. and Joe were learning how to transfer uh fingerprint from one surface to another. And I'm Mm -hmm. watching this episode, and they get to the scene where they have to lift their dad's fingerprint fingerprint off of a playing card and transfer it to his briefcase because they want to trick someone into believing their dad had just touched that briefcase. Mm -hmm. Well, it was so funny because you put a piece of scotch tape over the original surface, you lift the print off, and you take it over to the new surface, you lay the scotch tape down, press it down, then peel the tape back, and the fingerprint is supposed to transfer. Yeah. So I'm watching this, and I didn't remember watching this episode as a, uh, a girl back in the day, but then I get to this scene, and I go, he's going to get scotch tape on Transfer the fingerprint. Yeah, you remember that uh-huh. scene stood out in my mind for all of these years. How to transfer a fingerprint? I guess in case I ever needed it for whatever reason. Well, you never That's know. Fun. Still could come in handy. Never know. Well, yeah. And I have a fun. I have a fun fact too. I don't know if you guys knew, but the series received an Emmy nomination. The Hardy Boys yeah. did. Mm-hmm. No which, way. Which season? It doesn't say the season. It says the series received an Emmy nomination, and featured a number of guest stars. Even Kim Cattrall was on there. Was she? 
Before I don't know which she, episode. She became sex in the city. She was Yeah, <laughs> right? So you never know when you watch something, this person is going to be pretty famous. Well, yeah, it was all just like back in the day when all the stars would be on the Partridge family or even before that, yeah. Adam 12 or before that, right. Nanza. Those TV series, if it was a hit TV series, wannabe stars would try to get a role on, on them yes. so they could boost their career. Same with the Partridge family yeah. we talked about before. They have these people come on and they're starting out and they get to get on the show and they go off from there. Any of I get a kick out of watching old TV shows and seeing a lot of big stars today. Yes. I'm talking even back before the shows we know. I watch reruns of the Dick Van Dyke show or yeah. something real old. And you go, oh, they were doing the same thing. They were getting their boost on these shows. Exactly. And you go, oh, that's so-and-so. They were on this. <laughs> I recognize that face. And now here they are, you know, a household name. And Parker was talking in his interview, too, about Melanie Griffith being on there. And her mom was on the set to make sure everything was okay for her and that things went well. So, yeah, I loved watching that episode. It was She did would, a great job. She did, but I wouldn't want to put my daughter in that, <laughs> in no. that um, character nope. because it was cute because she got to kiss Joe. But it was but, a scary house on the hill or something like that, so she had to know. deal with I this house, could, this empty house. Yeah, I just house. really couldn't. Well, oh, yeah, you're talking about Melanie Griffith? Yes, in so, her episode. Yeah, I didn't get to watch that one because I started mm-hmm. watching it and then I stopped. You yeah. know, so I didn't get to keep watching that one mm-hmm. because the other one that I think was thought was just as bad was that one with Valerie Bertinelli in it and it just it it just really I was like okay this may be one of her first times to act and she's doing great but it sure doesn't go with what I saw her in in other shows right exactly she went from that character to one day at a time sweet innocent Barbie you know nobody so it was so opposite right Mm mm-hmm yeah. And did you know during the second season, the series format changed and it more focused on the Hardy Boys and the Nancy Drew? Remember in the beginning, it was yes. Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew? Yes. And then the second season, they made it more towards the Hardy Boys. And then Nancy Drew would just do some crossovers with them Yes. after that. Because, of course, Sean was getting more popular and they were more focused on the Hardy Boys. Now, Sean was starting to sing on the shows, things yeah. like that. So it got more notoriety. I noticed something about Pamela Sue Martin. Um, Later on, I know she joined Dynasty or the cast of that. But what was funny was that I could actually think of her as kind of cool. At first, I was like, "Uh," you know, but then I learned that she actually she joined Apollo team. But then she took a Volkswagen minibus and ran around with her son. How cool is that? (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cool. cool. Remember when Hardy Boys first started, when the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, it was three different Sundays. It was Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Oh, I don't remember that. Nobody remembers no. that. It was the Brady Bunch Variety Hour was the third Sunday. And then they would do it again. And the the Brady Bunch show didn't last long. No. And it was... um. Just them singing and dancing. It was all of them, except for Alice. Except for Alice. (laughs) And it was all of the main characters, and they would do a variety show. Yeah, I watched it. Well, if you think about it, these shows are good-feeling shows, you know, and so... Yeah, I think more so in the 70s that was geared towards that. It was. It Mm -hmm. was. And 
well, the fifties are okay. But then as it gets into nowadays, you know, it's all this reality stuff, which may be good or bad, but even looking back at some of the lifestyle in the seventies or the fifties or sixties or whatever, right. When we compare it to now with us being so busy, just yes. going on and on and on as women, yeah. you know, with our jobs and stuff. So, but still, we still like to go back to these old shows. We do. And get that, get that warm feeling once again. Yeah. yeah. The and the Hardy Boys. House. Yeah. And they <laughs> did three seasons and actually the third season, they dropped Nancy Drew character altogether. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. know that? Yes. Yeah. No Nancy. And it was just shortened to the title of the Hardy Boys. That was it for the third yeah, season. Yeah, I noticed that too. And I want to tell you too, I have this TV guide in front of me. Um, let me tell you the date. It's May 29th to June 4th, 1977. The Hardy Boys are on the cover. It's from the Chicago Tribune newspaper. So I flip it to Sunday because Sunday at 6 p.m. Yeah. Hardy Boys are on, right? In Chicago so at 6 p.m. This is what it says for the episode for that night. The Hardy Boys, believing their father is on a fishing trip, spot him coming out of a hotel in a nearby city. When they see the two men trailing their father, they follow and are off on a suspenseful adventure. I wonder what episode that was. Doesn't say. Hmm. Doesn't say the episode, but that was that day in history. What year was it? 1977. Okay, the first May 29th. All right, so we just have to look on your DVD box set over there and see what was near the end of season one, 1977. Oh, well, let me see if it even lists all of them on here, because I don't know if it listed in order. I don't think it does. There's nothing on the back that says each episode. No. So we can't really tell. Oh, and it's not open. Unless somebody out there knows what the name of that episode was, let us know. Well, I didn't bring mine. In the meantime. Well, Sean had auditioned for a role for Happy Days. Well, he didn't get that one, but that wasn't a problem because the second one he auditioned for was the Hardy Boys. And Jamie Lee Curtis auditioned for the role of Nancy Drew. I don't know if you girls knew that. I did, did you know not that? know that. And this was really cool for Sean back in those days. He earned, it said, $15,000 per week on the show. But where he pulled in the most was on all of his royalties, you know, like all this stuff that I have collected and put in my closet. That's where he did really well. But everybody wanted a picture of Sean. So if it was on anything, it would sell. And Well, that's part of being a teen idol. You said that, um... I still do it. You said he lost the role to Ron Howard? Well, he, he was auditioning for the lead in John Wayne movies, what I meant. It's called The Shootist. He lo- and then it said that he lost out to Happy Day star, um, Ron Howard. Yeah. Well, what's funny is he was, um, here's our six degrees for this episode. So Sean Cassidy loses a role to Ron Howard, who works with Shirley Jones in two movies. Isn't that crazy? That's right. Six degrees. Yeah, you know what the last episode was? It was called Life on the Line. Aired January 14th, 1979. And it was the final appearance of Sean Cassidy and Parker Stevenson in the Hardy Boys. It was about Joe and Frank are assigned to protect a motocross racer, the daughter of a mob informant who has been threatened by assassins. But a strange woman has become obsessed with Frank. Oh, so Whoa. Frank did have a woman somewhere. I just remember the one I was telling you about by the ocean. But anyway, yes, so cool, all of these shows. And I also watched one that was called The Secret of the Whispering Walls or something. Oh, and they were using like the 
what we have now. Was it the green screen and all that? Yeah. And they were using different effects. And I thought that was so funny because it was so corny, but they were still beginning to use some right. of the new technology that they use all the time. Right. In what they make now. Yeah. But to watch that one where the wall disappears, it looks so fake. But yet they were learning. They were starting right. to learn the stuff that is leading into the technology of today. Do you remember that one? Right. Yeah. The wall or something where the floor disappears and or something like that. And then they get a, a beautiful old like antique looking room. And then that room disappears. And I forget what they were looking for. But interesting for, but. about how they use special effects then and now. Mm-hmm. Everything is AAG or AI now or whatever. Yeah. Everything yes. is, is artificial intelligence and you got the graphics. graphics yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so much better. Easy. So much. Can you imagine if they did the Hardy Boys these days with those graphics? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about the Hardy Boys fan club. Did we all join the fan club? Dame, did you join? You didn't join the fan club. Well, I just joined Scholastic all the time. But as far as being up to date with all the fan club and stuff, no, I didn't get to do that. Okay. Okay, well, uh, I joined the Hardy Boys fan club. Me too. And Cindy joined. And I brought with me today my Hardy Boys fan club membership card in the same wallet that it was has been in since the day I got it. And inside of there are also four little wallet sized pictures that came with your membership. I remember that. And I have Frank Hardy and Joe Hardy and each two pictures each. And they're like, I, they're like two by two, right? They're yeah, small little, like wallet size yeah, pictures. Wallet size. Mm-hmm. That's all I have left in my fan club membership because one day when I was at school my mother went into my room and took all of my Hardy Boys uh, membership stuff and threw it away. Aww. So I don't have anything except for what I have with me that day, which is why I cherish it and keep it in that same wallet and carry it everywhere I go. I don't carry it with me. It stays safe yeah. at home. But every move I make, I make sure I have it. What I have learned about you, Doris is that it's the memory behind the things that you have. Right. So I noticed that about you. So that's why your little personal cards meant so much to you. You right. have the story behind it. Yes. And yes. it was yours to begin with. Yes. It meant so much more to you. It has to have a, a meaning. Personal. A personal, a personal meaning. attachment. Mm-hmm. And my membership to the Hardy Boys fan club just... The the whole story behind the, the little heartbreak I felt when all, I came home from school and all of my stuff was gone. So, yeah. But having that card, you look at that, that little blue card. It's in and, good condition. And you, well, it never left and that wallet. <laughs> and you go, okay, so what exactly did this thing get me? I know. Well, here, I have this little pamphlet that I sent away for the Hardy Boys Nancy Drew Fan Club. Mm-hmm. Okay, now read you on the back what you get with the fan club stuff. So you get two 8x10 autographed photos, a 5x7 and 4x5 photo, six wallet size photos, which is what you have. You get a biography. You get a giant 16x20 poster, which I think I have. That's what I brought with me today. Yes. It's 16x20 poster, the two of them. On the Hardy Boys set. Oh, I have that one too. Yeah, so it came with that. You get an Mm -hmm. official fan club charter membership scroll suitable for framing. Do you remember getting that, Doris? A scroll? No, but (laughs) it must have been there. Yeah, right? And then you get a full color 
pocketed folio to hold all your fan club info. Yes. Also great to keep your papers in. This it is- was. I remember <laughs> the folio and I loved it because it had like the pockets, like it says. Yeah. And, and you could put all your stuff in there. I don't remember that one, but I'm sure I had it. And then the fan club newsletter. Did you get a newsletter quarterly? Keeps you informed of upcoming events, performances, and activities. I think the Hardy Boys may have went off before I got <laughs> okay. my newsletters quarterly because yeah. I don't remember getting it. It was only three years, so I don't remember that. And the last thing was an official fan club membership card, which we got. Yeah. I lost mine, but yes, you have yours. And I remember when we were interviewing Parker, I asked you about the expiration date. Is your card still good? It says that my card expired March of 1979. Oh, just Can a little you bit over. That? <laughs> you better renew it. It's, you're not going to be able to use it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I better. This official membership card is not transferable. So I can't give it to you. Cindy. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it says it's embossed and personalized. So they do put your name on it and you get a special number on it, right? Yeah, here's my number, 025100. Oh, we can get into your account now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I was 025100, got my name and everything. That number entitles you to a fan club, to fan club privileges, including special offers. Yeah, special offers and posters, buttons and more. Bonus, join both clubs and receive a free door banner for your room. So if you're part of Nancy Drew, you get a door banner. Oh, boy. Wow. I think we got ripped off. I don't think we got all that. <laughs> That's it. You know, I don't remember receiving any of these special bonuses and things. But... Me either. But I do have, I must have said for two of them, sent away because one of the coupons, I still have my name on it. I was 14 years old. A one-year membership cost $5. Wow, that was a bargain. That was a bargain back then. How are you playing really? club? Yeah. Okay. Please, please enroll me as a charter member. What's a charter member mean? You're a uh, you're, VIP. You're, yeah, you're. I'm a VIP? Yeah. Oh. Charter. <laughs> okay, I'm a charter member of the official, official Hardy Boys fan club. I guess I didn't have $5 because I only had a few <laughs> dollars at a time to buy the books and everything I could as far as posters, but. Girls, I did get a, many things that were Hardy Boys. They meant so much to me. Um, of course, I have the DVDs and the videos, but it's easier just to get on the app of Peacock now. You know, it's quicker and it's right. so handy to just use that. But as you know, I have many dolls that are of the Hardy Boys. I actually have a couple of them that have never been opened, and I have them in their original boxes. Oh, nice. And my friend, Jamie Hamill, knew how much I liked Sean Cassidy. And and so she was in an antique store and she found a Hardy Boys record player and oh. she gave it to me. And I thought that was so nice of her. So it's like Doris liking the story behind it where I didn't just buy it off of eBay. But the fact that she took time to give me that meant a lot to me. Right now, we want to bring up before we end the episode, you know, we always like to go back to Tiger Beat and check what Tiger Beat says yes. about things. Well, there was a column apparently every month it mm-hmm. came out in Tiger Beat called The Truth from Sean and Parker. So every month, girls would send in their questions and ask questions to Sean and Parker so you could see what was going on with them while they were doing the Hardy Boys. Dear Sean and Parker, my friend told me you were nearly killed while filming a stunt for the Hardy Boys. Is that true? If it is, I sure hope nothing like that happens again. You're my favorite stars. I love you both. That was from Cindy 
of Denver, Colorado. So, dear Cindy, we have had a few close calls. Maybe your friend was referring to the time we were filming an underwater scene together in the glass line tank. The heat from the high-intensity lamp outside the tank cracked the glass and water began pouring all over the place. We managed to get out of the tank before the water made contact with the light cord. We could have been electrocuted. Yikes. That is scary. That is pretty darn scary. That's scary. I have another one. It says, Dear Sean and Parker, did you ever read the Hardy Boy books before you won the roles in the TV show? And (laughs) says, Dear Chris, this is from Chris from New York. Dear Chris, no, neither of us did. We weren't even aware that there were books until the series came up. And that's kind of funny. Yeah, isn't that funny? We just said we didn't really know too much about there were books. Right, so they didn't either. Didn't you have yes. a fun fact, Cindy, about the books and how it was the anniversary or something? Oh, yeah, when they started filming The Hardy Boys in 77, apparently it was the 50th anniversary of The Hardy Boys. Oh, so okay. I don't remember them mentioning that back then, but I read about at that time was the 50th anniversary of having the books. How cool. Yeah. Dame, didn't you tell me that you read that the books were uh, written in the 20s? There were some editions of it from the 1920s? Yes, I believe that's what where it all started. Okay. And so I know that I've even looked at some of the old, old editions, and those have to be so collectible. Yeah, there's so many so versions of the Hardy Boys. Yes, it's fun to see how they um, how they changed over you know over the decades the from decades, the twenties yeah. to the fifties on the Mickey Mouse Club to the seventies, uh, the Hardy Boys uh, that we know and love, and then what they could do in the twenty first century. It said that the books came out in the twenties, like you just said, Doris. Two or three generations had already been invested though in the Hardy Boys by this time, and that's when we went into like the Mickey Mouse show was after that in the 50s. Yeah. And now the new series is called The Hardy Boys Case Files. Oh. So you can still watch a new version. I never knew. I'll try to find that. Yeah, I don't, doesn't say where it's at, but there was a new version. Well, I thought it was cute too when it's talking about Sean and Parker where it said that part was exactly under that where I researched. It said what they lacked in credentials, they made up for intelligence. Oh, that's so, or, or or with their hair, or with their incredible hair, <laughs> <laughs> made up for anything. <laughs> they both had hair good hair. So luscious. Yeah, you know what's funny too? Because when I used to remember watching the Hardy Boys and making sure my tape was playing, um, mm-hmm. I was always just watching what Sean was doing. So if you tell me what the episode was about, I kind of know it. But it was like, okay, Sean's on. I have to pay attention to what he's doing. You know, mm-hmm. how he's looking and all my attention was there. So I can't tell you details about the show because So you were looking at the hair. I had to focus on my cassette player and I had to make mm-hmm. sure, yeah, and see what I had to listen to Sean every time he talked. That was my focus. That's funny. You know, and that's really cute. That is so cute. But now that we've talked to Parker and he took time to listen to us mm-hmm. and talk to us, I have a whole different what admiration for him. Yeah, he was a yeah. great guest. Yeah, his um his character Frank Cardi is probably not a lot different than Parker himself. Exactly. Maybe not not a whole lot different. No, but he, yeah. he does have fond memories of back those days. The Hardy Boys just seems to be it 
to endure. The Hardy Boys seems to endure. They've yes. gone from the 20s all the way through the 90s. And in the 90s, in 1995, there was another adaptation simply called yes. The Hardy Boys, which was produced by a Canadian company. And there are Hardy Boys streaming series. And that one is starring Rowan Campbell and Frank and Alexander Elliott as Joe. And that was released on December 4th, 2020. Wow. Didn't know that. No. It's by Hulu, and it's with Joan Lambert and Steve Cochran, executive producing the series. So there that is in 2020. And they're saying several Hardy Boys video games have been released over the years. And there's been a comic book. So, and, you know, there was also supposed to be different names for the boys. They were going to be called either the Keen Boys, the Scab Boys, the Heart Boys, yeah. or the Bixby Boys. There were different names in play to pick which one was the best for them. And they wound up with Hardy. the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Yeah, and, we'll take it. And they have endured for, what is, 100 years? 1926, yeah. 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 Well, it's almost 2026. Yeah. Couple years, yes. Wow, I can do that easy math. And, wow, and yeah. this has been it's amazing. One of our favorite favorite TV shows of all time. Of course, it gave us Sean and Parker, especially Sean Cassidy, and it has endured for almost a hundred years. That says a lot. It that, sure does, and it's still going. It's still going. The characters of Joe and Frank Hardy are still going. Still going. And I hope they still continue to go. Me too. This was so much fun. So and much fun. We learned a lot. We shared a lot. Tell us by leaving us a comment on our Instagram, Facebook, and threads. What were your favorite Hardy Boys episodes? Or, or great you, memories from or it. Great memories yeah. from watching yeah. the Hardy Boys on Sunday evenings. Did anybody else use their cassette recorder? I'd like to find out if somebody else did that, or are we just the only two? Do you have favorite Hardy Boys trinket? We look forward to hearing about it. Thank you from the bottom of our teen dream hearts. Keep on crushing. Always believe in magic. And have a peaceful, shantastic week. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and threads. And make sure to keep in touch with us on our email. Sean Squad Society at gmail.com. The Sean Squad Society podcast, including past, present, and future versions and its contents, are owned and controlled by the Sean Squad Society. The views and opinions are solely those of the Sean Squad Society podcast. The Sean Squad Society is written and produced and recorded at the Borden Studios. We may think we are always right, but we will get something wrong from time to time. So we assume no responsibilities or errors of submissions of content.